In the late 90s and early 2000s, skateboarding was working its way across every major city in the U.S., but one city in particular was Philadelphia. The so-called capital of the East Coast skate scene, Philly was home to professional skaters like Josh Kalis and Stevie Williams, and it was all going down in a public outdoor plaza called Love Park. My guest this week was slowly making a name for himself there, crushing every trick, until one day he gobsmacks the entire community by absolutely murdering a handrail. Now he's made a name for himself not only as a skateboarder, but as a designer and an entrepreneur. My name is Jeremy Kirkland, and this is Blamo, a podcast exploring the world of fashion with the people who shape it. My guest this week is designer and skateboarder Jimmy Gorecki. Jimmy and I discuss his early life growing up in Philadelphia, his new collaboration with the acclaimed skate brand DC Shoes, and how his clothes ended up on LeBron James. Jimmy Garecki, man. It's huge, huge, huge honor to talk to you. Thank you. Thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you are basically what I wanted to be when I was younger and what I still want to be to this day. Oh, and that's like, awesome. To like hang out with you and like be around you is basically the culmination of all the things I wanted to do when I was like younger and you actually did it. And Damn. you're like pro skateboarder, you make clothes, you make dope clothes, you still have style. And you're a family man. You're a dad. Like, dude, you're like all around MVP. Thank you. <laughs> I'm serious. Thank you. I just, I, I just try to, um, you know, fortunate for the on the work side, be able to do things that I enjoy and that I'm passionate about. On the family side, you know, be able to have something with with my with my lady and our daughter. You know, I grew up my single mom, worked 17, 18 hour days. So yeah, you know, my mom worked her ass off, and I love and respect everything she did but uh you know for my daughter's sake to be able to, to to provide the household that was was missing for me for her is like the best thing in the world and she's such a mama's girl and, <laughs> and though this the for the past couple of days that i've been going um my lady keeps telling me how much she's been crying for me so oh, it, it breaks dude. my heart that she's upset but it's nice to know that when i do step away she's you know yeah, man. about me so that's cool how old is she uh she'll be eight in december so big big kid now that's awesome yeah, second grade and yeah and and things are have been at the point you know with work stuff it's stuff that she's psyched on which yeah. is really cool because again her, her mom's a singer and she you know she loves what her mother does but to be able to also do things that um you know, that she finds some, some excitement and is, is cool. So. so her mom's a singer. Her mom's a singer. And you are pro skateboarder slash clothing designer. R- retired skateboarder, but I, it, it's still very much part of me. I wish I could claim being a designer. I have a lot of people that help me with it. I've got a partner who yeah. is a manufacturer, and he helps me with that. I just kind of think of an idea that's always based on something that I probably grew up on and then try to figure out how to translate it today. Right. Because you know? I ne- would never uh, stake the claim in uh, creative director, art director, designer, because there's people that are actually, that actually do those things and, and are really good at them, and I would never want to insult or... Well, you know, humble fake, man that fake, you are. Fake the funk. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so wait, I, I want to jump back a bit. So you're, you're originally from Philly, right? I grew up uh, 17 miles outside the city in Narstown, PA, which is... A, a, a small town, but it, it has a lot of the same characteristics and attributes as the city of Philadelphia. Okay. Um, you know, we, we didn't grow up in the best neighborhood. 
Uh, like I was saying, my mom worked her ass off to get us up out of there. Right. Um, which eventually we were able to get into a better part of town. You know, I, as I grew up and, and my passion for skating grew. Wait, know, when did you start skating? I started skating when I was little, maybe five, six years old. Psycho Skate. It was an infomercial on television. I saw the video. I had my mom call in and mail order me the video. There was no skate shops or... No CCS. There was no... No, this was... When we first got the, like, the first skate shop in our town, it was like, that was massive for me. The first time I saw a board gripped, yeah, you know, I never knew how that was done. I had bits and pieces and parts from whatever we could find, you know. Was um, it like, was your first board, was it like a double kicktail? It was, no, it was like, maybe like a Veriflex or something. Okay. You know, like the Kitty City or like Toys R Us type of board. Right. And then I had some... I had family in Coatesville, PA, which is really rural. Uh, there were kids that actually skated out there, and they actually had boards and could do shit. And, you know, they'd be like, Jimmy, we got these three OJ wheels, and you're, you know, you have a gold wing hanger and, and an indie base plate, and there's this random board. And that was, like, my first taste of, like, a real skateboard. And then, dude, it wasn't until years later where I actually was able to get, like, a legit setup. So, you know, I'm knowledgeable of those whatever 87 to 94 but there's a lot of gaps that i just <laughs> simply don't know because i didn't have the information you know? right so right right it was just putting putting it together as i grew up what's happening with you when you actually start skating and it becomes i mean was it always a hobby because it you know it, it was but it was one of those hobbies that you always felt a um a really compelling feeling and conflicting feeling with everything else going in going on in your life because you know, it's, it's, I, I would imagine even today it's still, you know, it's, it's way more accepted now. You can see that there are, are kids making a living off of it. Yeah. Um, but it's still of such an untraditional route to, you know, to pursue as, as, a, as a career. Um, so especially back then, you know, no one, there was one gentleman, his name was Sean Spearman. He skated for Toxic. He ended up passing away, but he was an unbelievable skater from our town. But he, that was our only touching point for someone that could actually have done it. And, you know, you're talking, like, like I said, late 80s, early 90s, uh, leading up into the late 90s when I like, was like, all right, mom, I'm sorry. Everything else is on the back burner. This is really what I want to do. And, um, and at that point, as it was a tough decision for her to accept. She just simply said, look, I- I'll back you, but you got to get your fucking college degree because no one... <laughs> In our family, had ever graduated from college, you know, I had the grades to do it. If I applied myself, I had the drive to do it. So you were not like the stereotypical skater at that time, which was nah. like people thought that skaters were like, F your family, F this, we're our own yeah. clique. There, there, and- there were some, but I just, you know, I, I grew up involved in, in a lot of athletics because I was interested in them and also because my mom was trying to find things to keep me occupied. Right. Um, so as... High school kicked in, you know, it was a balance and it was, you know, this like internal struggle with things I had been doing since I was younger versus something that I'm feeling a growing, growing um, passion for. So you tell um, your mom you want to you want to be a skater. And I mean, you already are, but you basically want to pursue it professionally. Mm-hmm. She tells you you got to get your degree. How, how old are you at the time? Uh, this was fresh out of high school, you know, even before high school. So you got because you have to apply, you know, midway through your senior year or whatever. I had a couple touch points my senior year that were like, all right, you can do it now. You know, whether it was 
might have filmed a couple tricks that got a lot of attention or right just at at, and at that time period too the scene in philadelphia is exploding so i'm like at narstown at this point i'm going downtown every single day as soon as school's done i'm cutting out five minutes early to either hop on the train or drive downtown i'm driving directly to love park parking the car and skating or it was a huge scene there it was like well, who's skating at Love Park at the time? Because Love Park, I'm uh, sure, rings a lot of bells. For at this people. point, it was you know it, it 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 was on fire. It was Josh Kalis, it was Stevie Williams, it was Kerry Gett, it was Anthony Papalardo, Brian <laughs> Wenning, Tim O'Connor, um, you know Rob Plahowski, you oh, know the, like who's who from the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is orbiting to Philadelphia, and and the scene is on fire. Every video, Transworld video, Alien Workshop, Chocolate DC. Oh my God, Lakai, everything is coming. Because Philly was, I mean, it was the it, hotbed it, of East yeah, Coast skating. It, and I recognized early on, like, A, there's an opportunity within this. And the older guys there are encouraging me. Kevin Taylor is um, pro for aesthetics. That happened to be a company I was really into. Kevin's backing me, you know, maybe a photo here, a photo there. But I'm, re- I'm recognizing, like, if you shoot the photo... The mags want everything to do with it. The video just want everything to do with the companies. Right. So it's just like, you know, it's like the same way in, in music where you'll see a city, you'll be a hotbed for a little bit and everyone wants a part of it. That's what was happening in Philly. And, and I saw that and I'm like, you, I would be a fool not to take full advantage of this. And it just became part of me, you know, and I was like, all right, well, mom, I'll go to Temple, which is uh, oh, a yeah. historical Philadelphia college. Great school. You know, Temple had a had an awesome basketball team. John Cheney, a uh, notorious basketball coach. Um, I had friends from my area that were going to school there. So it was like a win-win. I'll go to school there. I'll live there. And I'll just, you know, I'd finish class and just hop on the train and go right down to Love. Or, yeah, I was working in the city, too. At that time, Ubik had opened their first boutique. And, and it was opening my eyes to, to sneaker culture. And to that was still a really early stages in that world so it was it was a lot of things going on in philly and it was just yeah i just did everything i could to soak it all up to like to jump back just one second like what was the thing that happened that made you feel like Um, i could go pro or like um, i could do this professionally i think it was just being in so many sessions with awesome guys like i said with josh with carrie with kevin Shooting photos with Ryan G, filming with Bill Strobeck and Mark Brandstetter, are people that were so tapped into the industry and seeing like, well, Josh just shot a photo on this thing and I shot a photo on this thing and I'm a kid. It's going to give me an opportunity. They're obviously going to want. Oh, that's a huge sense of familiarity because it's Josh Kalis and Josh is on fire at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did have one particular trick that happened on the outskirts of Love Park, but within right across the street and it was a it was a moment what was the trick it's just a lip slide down a handrail across the street which the rail has since been murdered but there was a massive gap between my trick and these and this newer <laughs> generation of kids okay but, but the, the stuff they've done is amazing but at the point at that time you couldn't really skate that it was the municipal building couldn't really skate it uh-huh and um it, it was just one of those things that uh i land the trick look across the street Jason Dill's in town, Anthony Van England's in town, Fred Gall, Kevin Taylor, Rob Deerdeck. Uh, I think maybe some of the girl and chocolate guys, you know, just, yeah, yeah. it was like the world, like aligning for me. And yeah. it, the way it was shot, it pans over to everyone there and ends up in the video. 
and that would really kind of like open open the door for me. And that would really because that was um, <laughs> that was my senior year of high school. So you're so. like 17, 18 years old, and you just like basically do a, an insane trick that all these professional and like your heroes at the time are all there and they see it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and they're super encouraging. <laughs> they were psyched. <laughs> I mean, it's. It, in a way, like the reason why I'm like trying to highlight that so much is that would be like, say you're in a band and you just play like a killer set in front of every single one of your favorite bands and they're all in the audience watching mm-hmm. you. And then they're like, hey, maybe you should uh, keep doing this. It, 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 it was <laughs> surreal. It was it was surreal. And, um, you know, like I said, it's they, these kids have outdone what I did. Kid just switched flip back tail to Blake Carpenter. It it did have this thing where you know even till this day it, it you know so many people stop me about it or sure will you know take a photo of the railing at me and they left its impression and and it's it's cool moment for Philadelphia skateboarding history. It it's so cool to be part of such a moment in Philadelphia skateboarding history. I'm sorry not to say not to inject myself, but but I do recognize you it. can inject yourself. It was I would. It, it was something. Yeah, that that really kind of opened the door for you know, what I wanted to do with skating. So, okay, you got all these guys telling you you should go pro. You're in school, you're you're doing school and skating at the mm-hmm. same time. So I take it you finished school? You- I did. It, it took me six years. Okay. And it was extremely difficult because I would have to take a semester off. Oh, geez. I would have to reapply. Oh, wow. You know, it was, you know, that's a, that's a process. And, um, yeah. And. Because you're, because you're taking time off to skate. To skate, Yeah. Uh, you know, but then I'm also recognizing that this is a huge financial commitment. So there'd be times where I'd have to buckle down on my studies and want to be able to skate for a couple of weeks. Right. Um, and I was working because I still needed bread. I was getting maybe 250 bucks a month skating for the companies I was at that time point. So it was uh, it was a hustle and it was a struggle. You know, I, you know, I did have my mother to support me and family. But yeah, it took me a minute. But it, when I looked back at it, the structure... You know, I don't think school's for everyone, you know, especially in 2019. When I look at what that did for me back then, though, it just, it taught me a certain structure and kind of reinforced just drive and, and you know, being focused and attention to detail. I mean, it's, a, yeah. it's a discipline. Yeah, 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 you're yeah definitely, You're doing that too by, it, it sounded like you, you were going to school for your mom. Yeah. I mean, that was what she wanted. Yeah. You wanted to make her proud, yeah. and you're skating for you, and you're basically trying to spin both of these plates, yeah. figuratively speaking. Here, I'm still paying off fucking school loans. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, I had a lot of American forever, are. you know. But uh, <laughs> but it was it was well worth it because, like you said, that discipline that it did reinforce for me is something that I've taken with me for years to come. So yeah. So when when does L.A. come into the picture? L.A. I got my last check for skateboarding and. May of 2008, and I'm trying to figure out what in God's name are you going to do with yourself now? And um, I, uh, something I had worked on earlier in the year, it was a television show. I came on as a consultant for their pilot. It was about two kids that skated. Produced, what was the show? Called Zeke and Luther, which was on Disney XD, which was a new Disney I remember that. channel. It was like the next month the, the, the producer called me and said, you know, we got picked up for two episodes or two seasons. I'm sorry. Um, we need you here in August. Uh, dude, I had, I, I had nothing going on, you know, from skating for aesthetics. The, the last company I skated for was Ice Cream, mm-hmm. which was uh, Pharrell's company. And it was just a personal drop-off. Like, you know what the world, or not the world, but your community's like, 
well, you were part of these two things now, and they're, that's long gone. What are you going to do now? You know? So I'm like trying to figure out what's, what's next. And, um, well, wait, let's uh, just pause one sec. How, how does ice cream happen? Ice cream happened because uh, a very close friend of mine, Nino Scalia, he was uh, very instrumental in, in putting it together. He was team manager for Alien Workshop during their heyday. Mm-hmm. He went to New York to be a brand manager for a while. Mm-hmm. During that time period, him and Pharrell created a relationship, friendship. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he helped Pharrell take this idea with skateboarding and make it into a real formulated skate program. Who all were you skating with at? At ice cream. This was, um, it was myself, it was Terry Kennedy, Jacob Walter, who was a younger kid at the time, mm-hmm. uh, Pharrell's brother, Cato, and another gentleman named Kevin Booker. Yeah, it was, it was a unique experience because it was such... Because that was a big deal. That it, was a first thing for, for Pharrell, too, to kind of like actually try to enter this. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was, um, you know, it was a jump from a very traditional skate background. I had been into like this other thing where... I'm I'm hoping I'm taking all of my credibility and knowledge with skating and injecting into into this thing that's on a much grander scale and hoping I can do everything in my power to, you know, just show that this is a bunch of people that really care about skateboarding. Yeah. And um it was cool. You know, it put us in places that um as a as a skater I never imagined being in. Well, cuz um, ice cream was to kind of like try to paint this and you can tell me if I'm wrong with skateboarding brands at the time say you had like workshop or birdhouse or all that stuff that was a skater's first brand mm-hmm. and I feel like ice cream and BBC and all that stuff that Pharrell was doing those were like streetwear first brands and it, then they decided to to really like go into it I think for Pharrell it was uh it was a culmination of like introducing skating to all of you know, these different communities and, and fan bases and people mm-hmm. that he had influenced. Um, so you're, you're bringing like a skate dialogue to, you know, to a world of people that don't, you know, might not know anything about skating, but for the first time in their life, they're paying attention to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it was evident because we, we, you know, we'd be in certain places and people that were fans of him became fans of us and be like, you guys are the best skateboarders in the world. And I'm like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> There's, there's actually way better skaters, but, you know, they'd be like, your guys are better than Tony Hawk. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know well, what? We'll rock with it. Yeah, because, you know? I so. mean, in a lot of ways, that was that was people's barrier of entry. A lot of people, they got into it from, like, playing PlayStation, yeah. playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Exactly, yeah. And, and not really making that connection. I remember when I first got into skating, and I had told someone that I was, like, super into Tony Hawk, and I, I got laughed out of the, the lot, yeah, you know? Yeah. And they were just like, dude, you know, like, talk to us when you, you know, know who Rodney Mullen is or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, he's in the, I think he's yeah. in the next video game. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Everyone's got, you know, <laughs> skating's interesting in that regards. where like, everybody, especially nowadays, I got to imagine, you know, everyone's point of, of entry and interest an introduction to it is it could be anything you yeah know, it could be anywhere it could be tony hawk it could be you know they could be walking to the grocery store and see the thrasher mag in the magazine section it could be zeke and luther yeah so, there you go so you you're skating for ice cream and when does ice cream like end or, or did it end it was it was may 2008 i remember specifically because i was like I hadn't at that point in my life. I had never been so like shell shocked in terms of like career. Oh, it was the first moment. I'm sure everyone has that earlier in their life, you know. But skating is kind of like uh, college, where you're just kind of buying time, and 
you know, you're getting to... So you didn't see it coming? You know, I had, I kind of had little uh, hints prior to, but until it hits you, you know, it doesn't, you try to ignore the reality of it. But yeah, it hit me and I was like, you know, I'm now, this is 2008, so I'm 26 at this point. Right. And it's like, Jimmy, you got to put your big boy pants on. And like, I'm, I'm scrambling. I'm like working odd jobs. I'm going back and interning for PR companies and marketing companies. I'm just trying to figure out what's going to be the next thing. And, and, and does that and, mess with your ego? Oh, absolutely. I've, without a doubt. And I think anyone that would tell you differently is full of shit, but, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, 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 like, absolutely for sure. Yeah. I think, I think for any skater too, the, the idea of having to finally be, uh, an adult in the real world fashion gets to you. And yeah. then, yeah, just coming off of something that was People so, are telling you you're so the best big. skater of all time. Yeah, to like, <laughs> what are you going to do now? You know, there's a whole group of people that have been waiting for this moment, too. And you're like, man, you know, you're just like, yo, you know, it's just pull my big boy pants up, look in the mirror and figure out, you know, figure this whole, this life out. And um, right. Yeah, luckily, the, the guys in Hollywood called. Yeah, I like, mean, that's that's pretty sick because that, that's a that's a good it check. It was a lifesaver, man. And it was, you know, when, when I think... There's been times when I've thought about it and I've started sweating because, mind you, this is this is the middle of the, the country's in a in a recession. Yeah, cities are uh, mass foreclosures, mm. banks, everyone, people are losing jobs, and I go from making like, uh, you know, I was getting fifteen hundred, two grand a month to, I think the first year was like one twenty five. There you like, go. Oh my god, this is. This is real money, you know. Yeah, and even that it was it was, an, it was an adjustment. You know, I'm, I had moved to LA, and you know, do, I'm trying to do my best with the with the job for Disney. You know, trying to figure out like financials. How do you, you know, what's the best thing to do right now for myself personally? And that even that took some adjustment. It took me a good year to figure out how to, you know, to just, deal with getting paid. To deal with getting paid, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean. So. Because that's, that's lifestyle. You can only go to the to the the double RL store on Melrose, <laughs> but so many Saturdays in a row, you know, before you're like, dude, you're being a complete fucking idiot right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's all it's all learning experience. And this episode is brought to you by CDLP. CDLP is a Swedish design company of men's luxury essentials, from underwear and swimwear and homeware. CDLP makes products crafted with premium sustainable fabrics all made in Europe. I've been wearing the boxer trunk and I've switched all my underwear over. The fit is fantastic and I've never been more comfortable. Why is it so comfortable? Because CDLP underwear is made out of Lyocell. Lyocell requires less water, land, and chemicals to manufacture than cotton and is a superior and sustainable resource crafted from tree pulp. Yes, tree pulp. CDLP underwear is naturally antibacterial and wicks moisture away from the body, all while maintaining both its shape and color wash after wash after wash. But best of all, CDLP underwear is not only comfortable, they look fantastic. They're underwear that's inspired by men's tailoring, so there's no cheesy prints or gimmicky waistband logos, just pure comfort with a perfect fit. Right now, CDLP is offering Blamo listeners 10% off their order. Just visit cdlp.com and use code BLAMO at checkout. That's cdlp.com and use code BLAMO at checkout to upgrade your drawers. So how long do you do consulting for Disney? That was 
went from 2008 and it ended May of 2011. Okay. So that that's good. That's yeah. a nice you basically get through the recession. Yeah. By, you know, crushing it consulting for weirdest thing ever. There you go. When I look back on it as like thank God, count your blessings, uh, you know, appreciate what you had. And and I did I did do everything in my power to to get people I knew involved. It w- it was the first opportunity I ever had to put money in other people's pocket and put and put good money in other people's pockets. I had friends that, you know, told me like Jimmy helped me get my mom out of debt or um, you know, you helped me pay off a car. You know, I got like was able to hire Ty Evans and able to hire Aaron Meza. Why John, did you do that? John Coltar because they're the people that I knew, you know, and and I knew what the show needed. And if I'm going if they're going to ask me to bring my put my best foot forward in terms of like we need the best skate photographer. We need the best skate videographer. We need the best um, ramp builder. You know, these are just who I know, and the people that I knew happened to be really good at it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting because you, know. you know we were talking about this, and you basically talk about how how important it was for you to help other people out. Mm. Like, I was just wondering, like, wh- where does that come from? Um, I, that also came from from me. I, I I always recognized how fortunate I was with skating um i had always had really good people in my corner Mm -hmm. and i always thought the same way that they put you on you have an obligation not to say i was putting people on but you have an obligation to give that same energy back to your friends and your family and community in some capacity it was just kind of what happened naturally but when it was all said and done it was a nice thing to be able to look back on you know no that was able to help some people out and, you know, brought this, this thing, which was a Disney show, which, mind you, they, they said they had some of the highest ratings on the network they've ever had. That was and a big deal show. Yeah, to yeah. be able to, to know what, um, what, I, what I know. I know what I personally put into it and, you know, just so like I could feel good about it later on. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then just life hits you with another curveball. The show ends. Within a couple of weeks, my, my lady and I find out we're having a daughter, and then we find out, we get a call from the doctor, your, um, your daughter actually has like an extremely rare gastrointestinal development thing going on, and we're like, you know, wait, wh- my wild. world just spins at that point. Okay, wait. An extremely rare stomach defect called well, gastroschisis. It's like, it's, it's like one in 1,500 kids. And, and, and newborns. Okay, so you find this out like as she's born? We find this out. My lady's probably 12 weeks okay. pregnant at that point. Okay. You know, just, I, I, I was just looking at life, the, 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 the hooks and jabs that it, it presents Dude. to you. And, um, you know, that was, right, we shook it off in terms of like, what, what are we dealing with now? Neither of us had ever even heard of this condition. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, did our best to, to find facilities and doctors and medical teams in Los Angeles that um, would help us get through it. And lo and behold, UCLA Medical, UCLA Children's Hospital, Mattel Children's Hospital has uh, an incredible team there. And, you know, they set us up and set our daughter up for, you know, a two-year battle. But, um, you know, uh, they put together a plan that helped her be delivered healthy, get through this process, uh, a series of corrective surgeries and stuff. She was delivered December 2011, May 2013, 
was her final surgery. And like, we can temporarily close the book on this chapter of all of our lives, her life. She won't know about this growing up. She'll just know she's got a scar on her belly. Wow. Again, again. so it's like, yeah, 2008, yeah, we got to figure your life out. 11, you're, you got a different thing you need to focus on right now. Jeez. Uh, and, you know, and, and my, Devin was, was in the, um, you know, she's in the, the nuts and bolts of her career at that point. This is your... She, my lady, yeah. She's okay. got s- some songs on the radio that are doing really well. Um, so it was just like, get your daughter through it, and you need to... You know, I, I realized what my lady was sacrificing, you know, just her being okay with us bringing a child into the world together at that point in her life. So, like, you know, my, my, my focus now isn't my career. It's not my, my credibility or my clout or anything. It's, it's keeping these two happy and healthy and safe and that you know so that was a two-year thing and then wow so get through it and then um then, then i'm like all right now i can get back to work so first off that's incredible i mean it, mm. it feels like while we're talking like i'm i'm just on this roller coaster of you're crushing it and then you're like oh my god yeah and then you're doing amazing again and then you're like oh my god it's that you it's, know it's just the this the the wave yeah, life and, and and you know I'm sure everyone you know everyone has these these ups and downs in their lives and it's weird you you know as when you're younger and you know older people you know you're the older people in your life and you're seeing you know whatever they're going through you don't you don't get that when you're a kid no you don't you and really you're don't. always just like yeah these older people are so weird <laughs> you know and then you're like then you get older and you realize life as you get older presents different things to you you know you have different <laughs> responsibilities and. I just re- recognize, like, well, the, the, those things are now showing up in my life. Yeah. So. Oh, God. So yeah. eventually you start making clothes, right? Because when I first learned about you, I didn't put two and two together that you were also the skater and you're also making clothes. So my daughter's good. I'm going to get back into work. Yeah. Um, it's so weird. So there was a uh, sneaker company by the name of Gourmet Footwear. They started 2005, and there was Greg Lucci, who I knew from Aesthetics in Elwood, mm-hmm. uh, John Buscemi, and Greg Johnson. They were uh, really ahead of their time with the product that they were making. Amazing clothes, amazing sneakers. Dude, they were making like, they had like Dior factory produced clothing mm-hmm. in 2005 in Union when they'd have a $400 bomber jacket. Right. And the next clothes, you know, the shit was not ex- that expensive back then, you know. Yeah. Um, so they were, you know, the stuff was beautiful. But I had kind of been around them. You know, I was, I, when I'd be in L.A., I'd go stop by their office, steal samples. Years later, you know, Jimmy, can you shoot like a lookbook for us? Or we got like this thing that we want to get skating in it. Can you do that? Um, Wait, are you a photographer? No. I, like, can, can you like model it or something oh, okay. for us? That, you Sorry. Know, that type of thing. Around that same time period, 2013, my lady happened to be recording a shit ton directly next to their office in Sunset Plaza. Okay. And, uh, and Greg Lucci says, Jim, you know, can, I, can you come on board and help me with, um, with Gourmet? I think at that point, Buscemi had left to start his shoe company. And, it, you know, it was a brand that I had was already, I knew, I, I knew all the product from day one. I knew the, the pedigree. I knew the foundation of the company. You know, so it was just... You know, getting in there and, and trying to fill some holes and patches from, you know, it was, a, it was a big company. They had international distribution, you know, domestically there was, they had a lot of visibility. They were, they were definitely in, in the middle of a period. So it was like, you know, me getting in there and seeing, you know, 
what's going on here. And it, but it was also very educational from, you know, they taught me a lot from development side, production side, distribution. And simultaneously, Greg Lucci's like, Jimmy, go do some stuff that, you know, you got to do things that are, uh, you're passionate about. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was just trying to figure out how to, you know, that's why I was like, I'll make some sweats, I'll make some teas and, you know, just trying to figure out, out, out everything and just be creative. So I'm not locked in with just the shoes, you know, so. I mean, the, the funny thing, so this happens to a lot of people in which a friend encourages them to do something, mm-hmm. right? But the, the difference between you and these other people is what you're doing is actually good and successful. And Not so, everything. Well, I mean, come on. But like, you know, I mean, you, you, you're around this community of people whom you look up to yep. and they validate you mm-hmm. and they want you to do it. Skating, yep. you know, um, clothes. And then you decide to do it. And it works. I mean, and, and I think some of that has to do with the fact that... I'll be honest with you, though. I don't know. No, it hit It doesn't me. always work. True, but, but... But I think actually doing it is the important part. Actually... Continuing to continuing do it. Continuing to do it, yep. And, and not losing, you know, not being jaded or being, you know... There was definitely a period, like, working with Gourmet and then working for some other brands and then losing that passion and, and not really knowing personally where you stand with all of it and what impact you could possibly make and getting back up you know like i started working with with no one which is a handmade shoe company in in mm-hmm. early 2017 and that that was super invigorating for me personally because again jump back into it 2013 and over the course of four years like you know this this ebb and flow of like seeing some success and then seeing some failure and personally the toll that it takes on you and you know, your passion will subside in some, some regards, but, right. you know, and then finding no one, um, you know, Mark Gaynor contacted me when he was starting the brand and it was like, whew, this is a, this is a huge relief because it's finally, this, this is something I could really back and really work with. And Mark is a, um, extremely amazing designer, extremely amazing art director and creative director. And he knows skate. So he knows my background right and he knows my taste level and vice versa and um just knowing one another personally you know it was just like that in that injection just in life in general that i needed why do you think people are coming to you and asking you to do these brands with them i don't i don't know i would hope maybe they there's something in in me that they is it your work that they see and that they like uh i maybe i hope so you know i've always i mean um, i think it, i think it, it's a culmination i've of always that. tried yeah. to to you know i would never um never want to give anyone other you know if someone seeks you out if they want to pay you you know i i feel like you owe it to them you know even you know i've over the past couple of years done some a lot more consultant work and even that's tough for me because it's like you know they're coming to you for such a little request and it's not in me to like only give somebody a little effort or right. a little energy. So, so you start JSP, mm-hmm. which is Jimmy Sweatpants, yep. which you know you're kind of like on the sweatpant tip before a lot of people. Yep. And then you're doing standard issue tees. Yep. And I mean, this was like you know you're just grinding this, making these great tees, by the way, yeah. and all of a sudden you know what like fast forward to this summer you got lebron james wearing you yeah what do you mean yeah how does that happen (laughs) um 
Standard Issue Tees was started by a very close friend of mine. His name's Jared Lee. Jared was actually my partner in JSP and okay. still is my partner, but from, from day one. And we just remained in close contact. And um, when he started Standard Issue, just knowing his personal drive, his, his follow-through, how thorough of a businessman that he is, mm-hmm. the attention and time that he puts into, like, you know, how much, how much effort he put into developing the, the basis products for Standard Issue. It was, it, you know, it really was a no-brainer, you know, like he, uh, and he's a production guy. So like, yo, there's clearly a massive void on the marketing side and, and, and I would be honored to help you with it. Um, you know, so we're, we're going through it and we're getting traction. You know, I did, we didn't realize there was this huge, you know, the basis of standard issues, their t-shirt. I didn't yeah. realize there was this huge t-shirt conversation. And I was like, yo, well, when I, once I recognized, I'm like, dude, our stuff, this stuff is way better than all this shit. Like, yeah. th- these guys are just making stuff and telling you it's great because they have massive ad budgets. <laughs> but it's really not good. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I saw quickly people supporting what that same contention as me, whether it was um, so you guys are authentic. Uh, whether it was press people. Yeah. And they're like, yo, you, they, they really don't shrink. They really do keep their shape. The packaging... They're, they're really, like in Ziploc it's bags. really cool, yeah. Which, um, it, it's amazing. I hope people reuse them. I hope they don't throw them away because they're not meant to be thrown away. Mm. And, you know, we have taken some backlash in regards to, you know, being environmentally friendly. Oh, uh, okay. But we, we've always positioned it from day one as resealable, reusable package. Really beautifully done, too. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, and then, you know, Jared, uh, he, his family's been making garments for years so it's everything that he's learned and uh, you know patterns that he's gotten really good at making you know he's just taken what he's done for everyone else um and putting it into standard issue and then we then filter jsp through that same system Mm -hmm. which is nice so where does lebron come in um lebron comes into uh randy mims who's uh one of lebron's close team members mm-hmm. um i you know i had wanted to get him a pair of, of shoes a pair of no ones finally after some time get him a pair of shoes you know and, and i'm always like i i come from a place with especially with seating and stuff like you know here take it if you like it cool if you don't as soon as i walk away if you if you're gonna sell it take it to fucking buffalo exchange <laughs> give it to your kid whatever it's just it is what it is okay and um and randy was like yo we really like this stuff you realize though that we're like billion dollar business, yeah, for Nike. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. What's all good? And, <laughs> oh yeah, and, he's like, sorry, and, uh, we kind of got away. Yeah. And he's like, uh, like Jimmy, we 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 fuck with you. Brandon and Stylus, they they fuck with you. We know you got your hands in a lot of different things. Okay, you know, we got to keep this guy the best looking in the world. He's the biggest athlete in the world. Yeah. So whatever you got going on to us, show us. You know. Okay. And uh you know, I was like, cool, simple as that. Um they invited me and Amelia to this was the the small foot premiere that mm-hmm. LeBron was a was a was a character in, you know, got to cut it up. You know, and just just forged a real relationship with them that wasn't, you know, built on like, you know, can I get a look? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, cause I, that's such a f- like a shitty way to approach any of this. And there's a lot of that in this world. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'd rather like uh you know, sit and shoot the shit with somebody than, you know, be pressed on them 
putting on a garment and tagging it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't do the first thing. You shouldn't even be asking to do the second part. But that's kind of where a lot of this this stuff is, you mm-hmm. know. So, so yeah, and then, you know, just over time, you know, I, we had some like uh, some shorts coming out for standard issue. Yeah, and um, you know, just timing. Hey, we're going to summer league tomorrow. Can can we throw some on? Because no, there was particular yellow short. Yeah, and uh, I was like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving right now. So, I mean, that, that's pretty big validation. If you think about all the stuff you're doing, you know, and obviously, you know, one of the biggest things is, is what we have sitting on this table here, which is like full circle. Yeah. Now you're making yep. your own shoe. Yep. This is amazing. What, what it is, is um, Josh Kalis won JSP. Uh, which is co- a shoe that co-branded shoe. Yeah. many people had. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's an arguably probably one of the greatest DC shoes ever. Absolutely. It's got to be up there. For me, it, it's it's just so important because it's a representation of a very aspirational period in my life. And, you know, the, the amount of energy and focus that was put into Love Park because of Josh, because of DC shoes. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't skate for DC back in the day. I never even got, I don't even think I got like a flow box or anything from him. But I understood when... When I was starting to show up and mm-hmm. wanting to be part of that scene, the the place that that the company played in it. So that you know, for me, that's where you know that's just the the feeling that it that it gives to me and has for me. And you know, I'm sure you know th- this is my first co-branded shoe. It's like not a you know, it's not a Nike. It's not a it's not an an Adidas or something else. Um, it's a pretty strong summary of who you are, though, because. So much of who you are to me is a representation of true authenticity. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense that it's a DC shoe. It's not, it's not a shoe and and I'm not throwing shade at these other brands, but it's not a shoe from a brand that wasn't built on what it is. You know, it's not a Nike shoe that's doing Nike skateboarding. Nike skateboarding is great, but like, and it's it's DC. And that, that's why it, that's what I would hope it would it would show to people and display to people you know like so many people know that aren't from the skate world they only know dc is like you know the chunky mall shoe that maybe they're familiar with from like robin big or right, you yeah, know yeah. and 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 not not even to knock it that's you know because that was oh, yeah, the, 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 growth of, the growth of that company was was thanks to rob but rob was also instrumental in in those foundation years of the company yeah uh, rob was also part of the the dc alien workshop connection he was part of the the euro tour he, you know he put so many important things from day one together for that company so to me that that's what i recognize that's where that's the value in it to me and the personal connection and and why it is such a a special thing so so when does this come out october 26th all right oh uh, of this year um and it's it was um when they had asked me i said yeah obviously the links would be awesome but you know i'd love to do josh's shoe because you know it josh doesn't move to philly i'm probably not sitting here today and it, I, I mean that 150 percent really because, yeah the, the, there there's no way that scene kicks off the way that it does without him you know i remember vividly like friends oh i think yo we heard josh move back to philly because i think his parents were from the outskirts of the city, mm-hmm. but I specifically remember sitting there and hearing that he had moved back, and then seeing him for the first time there, and then seeing him skate regularly. You Did know, you talk to him about this stuff? A little bit here and there, you know. It's it's interesting, man. Me and 
And even back then, Josh and I, we skated together. Me and Kevin Taylor were really close. Me and Josh probably didn't have the, the closest of relationship. It, I will say this was a very cutthroat scene. So there was a lot going on, a lot of battling, mm. you know, and to be a young kid in the middle of it was, um, you know, it was like, damn, like this is, this is like <laughs> the top dogs. You know what I mean? Like, right. You know, when, when you look back on, on it now, you're like, we probably could all have done without a lot of this. But uh, yeah. it was cool as, as I got older, as Josh got older, you know, our relationship really formed, you know, in a different you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a whole different light. He had he did an epically latered. Um, oh my god! In 2010, right. and I got to to sit down with Patrick O'Dell and and offer my um, you know perspective on it. And I think it really was from there, Josh. Uh, you know, I don't think I had ever maybe vocalized some of these feelings in regards to the impact it had on me, perspective, mm-hmm. and um, and it really was from that point on that we you know, have, have stayed in contact over the years. And there's one thing that I ever learned is like, yo, the people that have done good by you, you got to show them how much you appreciate it. And, you know, I'm 37 years old, still trying to say thanks and, and still trying to pay homage to these people because, you know, without them, you know, who knows where your life, my life could have ever been. You know what I mean? Like there's, I'm sure this is also happening with other people looking up to you. I hope so. I really hope so. And I and I've and I've tried like I said I've tried to be able to help other people out in similar fashions. I mean, um, I, you're currently wearing a pair of pants from 18 East yep. that Antonio, our boy yeah. Antonio Chinoli yeah. did that's yeah. named after. And you. Antonio is similar upbringing, similar background, grew, you know, grew up with with similar interests and passions, skateboarding same time period. So we we get one another and you know, like even for this DC project, you know, Antonio has been very, you know, very supportive, and and like the, what I see in it, he also sees in it, and you know, he this guy's traveling to India to get garments, and yeah, yeah. do dies on the side of the road. He understands the importance of of skate, and especially skate in Philadelphia, and um, you know, he's been he's been super supportive, so. He will be the first to have this for sure. So, yeah, he did, in fact, name a pair of cargo pants yeah. after me. And that was like, I, I, I almost thought he was kidding, in all honesty, just because I, you know, I was like, why would you do that? You know, like, wait, wait, I, if, if, you, if you can associate me with what you do, it's, it's, it's an honor because he's an incredible designer. And, and yeah, he's, that, that company is only at the beginning of a long trajectory of success that I'm sure they're going to have yeah. for the remainder of, of, I mean, of the year and, and for years to come. They're, they're definitely a hot, uh, a hot tip right yeah, now. It's cool. Yeah. So like, and, and, you know, as we start to wrap up a bit, like what do you think this has done to your work ethic when you think about you, you have basically all of these ups and downs over and over again? Like, I mean, cause you're, you're incredibly grateful for everything. At the end of the day, it just tells me, to really follow your heart and really do what what's important to you and what's personal to you and mm-hmm. and even for this DC project that's you know that's all I wanted to convey you know I built it off of my favorite sneaker growing up which was the Bo Jackson Trainer SC the the blue and orange one we designed all of the the graphics and the um on the sweats and the t-shirt that goes with the shoe based off of like early Kalis DC because this is a, it's more clothing. than a shoe, correct? Yeah, yep, yep. Full sweatsuit, 
you know, like the we we have the standard issue nod in there, but there's actually a drawers nod that if people that know drawers clothing will know the word that was placed before issue. Um, you know, it has. I mean, God, it has the cross streets from where the Love Park was. It has. This is a. This might come off a little shitty, but this was the day that I that I did backlip the rail. I threw that little <laughs> thing in there. Um, so, but yeah, it's 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 all just. Um, you know, just just do what what's authentic to you. I think we live in a world where there's so much stuff going on that it's it's very easy to be distracted. It's very easy to veer off from what you might be really passionate about or what your direction might be because of the information overload that we have. So yeah, it's just at some point put those blinders on and stay stay in the lane that you're passionate about because that's always going to what's to me, that's always going to be what speaks the the loudest volume. You know what I mean? Like, dude, that's um, sick. So, what's what's next for you? You know, just I think just keep building on everything that we're building on with you know with both standard issue and JSP. We really we don't we don't have collections. We just we we recognize the things that we we want to make and we figure out how to make them to the best of our ability within our facility in Vernon, California. Yeah. And um Cuz yeah, it is all made in the US. It, it's all made there. Yep. Uh, you yeah. know, from you know, we 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 recognize that, you know, for cut and sew, we we do have a bit of a ceiling. How do we make the best thing possible with with what we know our cap is, you know? Mm. Um what new stuff can we make? Just being genuine to ourselves. And like I said, my partner is like He's an awesome guy. I just tell him, make what you want to make, present what you want to present to me. We'll we'll meet in the middle somewhere. You know, whether it's products, whether it's partnerships, um, present them to me, and you know, we'll see. We'll make what we can of everything. He's really big into like jujitsu. Oh, um, okay. He, you know, he's really good friends with with RV that does Alpino Preto. Lo and behold, RV and I click and are able to do a sweatsuit together. All of a sudden, we've got this huge community of Brazilian jiu-jitsu people <laughs> that are really into our shit. And, and I appreciate and recognize what they do and, and the passion and discipline that they, you know, they put into their, to that art form. It's cool to be able to, to meet uh, other communities that appreciate what we're doing and, and vice versa. You know, so. Dude, Jimmy, this, this was awesome. Cool. Thank, thank, thank you, you so, so much. No, thank you. This is... Uh, I was I was a bit intimidated at first because I'm like, what you you have these conversations with people that are that are obviously very smart, very um, very seasoned, like seasoned fashion veterans, and um, you know, it, to sit down in a chair that some of these guys have sat in is is cool. So, oh, dude, well, thank you, thank you, man. Pleasure's all mine. You've been listening to Blamo. Our theme music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Blamo is edited by Brendan Finn. If you like the show, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow along with us on Instagram at Blamo Podcasts or email us at info at blamopod.com. Want to know more about what's going on in fashion, menswear, or meet other folks? So join our Slack group. It's a private chat group online where tons of Blamo listeners chat about everything. Send us an email saying, hey, I want to join the Slack and we'll get you in. All right, we'll see you next week. Thank you.